0: Projects Podcast, Episode 3. Today my guest is Shane Gafog, who is an American artist that looks through the lens of humanity at civilizations both past and present, and views times as threads that connect all people. His work is a visual language that is informed by the spiritualism of abstraction and the realism of the old masters. These two ideas are usually seen as separate, but Gafog fuses them seamlessly into works that transcend and become testaments to thoughts that inform us of who we are in the 21st century. Today, I'm at Shanga Fox Ranch in Central California in his studio, and I'm surrounded by a variety of artworks and different series, and it's super exciting to be here. (laughs) Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for coming.
0: (laughs) Being episode three, um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a particular series that you've been working on called Superior and um, what I really love about your work is that each series whether it's um, the number series or the pattern series or still points or a roses is a rose a rose um, they take you on they take the viewer on a journey um, mm. and for me it's it's an academic and an intellectual um, discovery about history, um, world history, philosophy, psychology, and, and humanity. And, um, I just love it. And this series, um, it also uses the ribbons, um, your, you know, works that you've, the way that you visually, um, played out the ribbons in your paintings, um, glazes and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they also sort of engulf the viewer into another world. And um, I was immediately, again, just super enchanted by what I saw.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, they are, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the title, I, I'm trying to remember what came first, the chicken or the egg, um, as in the title came first or the painting came first. And I think it was, I started the painting A painting and I was thinking a lot about truth Um, and I I think maybe because also I was dealing with a um, an exhibition that was coming up called the Circle of Truth which is a a different topic but and it's a whole other show but um, so the idea of truth and then listening to the news every day or watching the news or getting reading the news or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was such an odd moment in our history because I remember in the beginning of the whole computer age it was called, you know, we're entering into the information age and it was going to be this utopian type of deal where information is going to be so readily available so instantaneously it's going to transform our lives. What well, I don't think anybody recognized at the beginning was in what direction it was gonna transform our lives. Mm -hmm. And that information became weaponized, Mm -hmm. basically. And so the disinformation campaign by different people, different countries, different governments started, and it was a way of, you know, it's, it's basically a warfare. Of information, of Mm -hmm. disinformation. So you can get people to do what you want them to do by telling them misinformation. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that got me thinking about truth. Mm -hmm. And that how do we how do we find the truth? You know, what news agency is something that we know for sure we can trust. Okay. And these thoughts were going through my mind. And also the fact that um, information is traveling at the speed of light, basically. So something that is happening on the other side of the world, we know about it instantaneously. Mm-hmm. So this is a new era for us as humans. Mm-hmm. And I think it has caused a, a social identity crisis, basically. And what I'm seeing out there is there's a lot of people who don't know if they're male or female. They don't know if they are happy or sad. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's reality mm-hmm. and what is fiction.
0: It's a scary time.
1: It's a, it's a very scary time. And <clears throat> so all these thoughts are going through my mind. And then I was thinking about, like the truth, and and I was thinking of, about the Age of Enlightenment. And that transitional period, again, where suddenly science pulled back the curtains Mm -hmm. of the church Mm -hmm. and showed us that, wait a minute, that storm that just ripped through our town is not an act of God who is punishing us. It is a natural act of nature. Based on the elements that are occurring, and the atmospheric elements, and barometers, and so on and so forth, that create that moment. Right? Mm-hmm. That moment happens to be something that was would be destructive towards what we think is our reality. But in essence, it's our reality is not the reality of the Earth. Mm-hmm. The Earth is, is yeah. its own reality. We're just visitors here, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was thinking about how, like Emmanuel Kant. Um, And, you know, during this idea of enlightenment, of daring to know, Mm -hmm. dare to challenge. Challenge the source, challenge the church, challenge the politicians, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: challenge your belief system. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because if we don't challenge it, then we become vulnerable Mm -hmm. and gullible. Mm -hmm. And we take everything as if it's the gospel truth. Yeah. And that leads us down a dark road. So these paintings I decided needed to be about that topic. And they are physical. They're painted as if they are the memory of bodies.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: The movement of bodies, Mm -hmm. the movement of flesh Mm -hmm. and how it people interact both physically conceptually spiritually, emotionally Mm -hmm. how we interact with each other.
0: Yeah.
1: And that becomes our truth Mm -hmm. that we then base our world around. Right? Yeah. So these are the thoughts that were going through my mind. Now it's to translate that through paint, I think, becomes an abstract idea. Mm -hmm. But, and I, when I was 17 years old, I remember I was on a train going from Paris to Barcelona, Spain, and it was a nighttime trip. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the first times I'd really been away from home, away from like traveling without my parents, because I was 17. And I remember it was late at night, I couldn't sleep, the cabin was full, everybody was snoring away, and I looked out the window, the only thing I could see was my reflection.
0: Oh, yeah. On the window, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was crunched up next to the window. And I asked myself, what is the answer to life? Mm. What is it we're all looking for?
0: That was the perfect moment. Right.
1: And then I thought, I was looking out into this darkness, And I thought wait a minute I'm the answer Mm -hmm. and then I had this epiphany life itself is the answer but it's the questions that we need to learn to ask
0: yeah you've always told me that yeah
1: and so then I thought well how does that happen well it's through the act of living Mm -hmm. that we learn to ask the questions which then reveals the answer and the answer is life itself
0: right I I think the early philosophers, Kant and, um, Descartes and, uh, um, others, um, (coughs) Rousseau, you know, investigated (coughs) the age of enlightenment and and talked about experience and, and everything you're saying about knowledge and, and not just being subjects to, um, the clergy or, or to royalty or things like that, the court, um, but, I mean, it's really, really profound to think about what you're saying. And, I mean, I, I was so taken... Well, first of all, I want to say that the paintings, the first painting that you did was in flesh tones of brown
1: mm-hmm. and
0: skin tone. It was brown right. and skin tone, almost like, like a portrait. Mm-hmm. So Very that, Rembrandtian yeah. colors, yeah. And then, and there were a few paintings in, in that color palette, and some of them were sexual in a way. Very sexual. They were sensual yeah. and sexual. Um, and then they they took off into more again flesh tones, but blues mm-hmm. and 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 other shades of, of rose colors or fuchsia, but not bright.
1: Mm-hmm. But I, it, and the blues came about because I and this got me back to some of the very first ribbon paintings I made which had very dark dark backgrounds and I started thinking of that darkness as a subconscious mind or the almost the unconscious mind. And these ribbons were the subconscious floating mm-hmm. in this unconscious field this, this of emptiness right um, And so that these ribbons become the manifestation of thought
0: mm, okay, okay
1: And I started I had a question at that time, and, which was what do our thoughts look like before we attach language?
0: Mm, gosh
1: and that was a that was a, a Big moment for me and I, I don't know how old I was I think in my 20s early 20s and it opened up a doorway in my mind mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and <clears throat> And then I started thinking about the act of painting mm-hmm. and I realized that the act of painting was really a physical act of my memory mm-hmm. and a mental act of my own physicality.
0: it's so incredible. I mean I, I it's taking me a little bit to process all this. Okay.
1: So <laughs> those ideas were still floating around uh-huh. in my subconscious mind. Uh-huh. And so the blue in the superior became representative of the subconscious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the movements, the flesh mm-hmm. tones were the consciousness manifesting into almost a physical form but it was all being um <clears throat> not influenced by it, it was being informed by by my memories of mm-hmm. my own physical body mhm mhm yeah and you know so yes it's like painting sexual acts without having any sex mhm you know mm-hmm. i mean there's no nudity
0: no no there's no nudity and it's it's very cerebral mhm um and and it, for me, once again, I didn't know superior. I didn't know what it meant. I looked it up. Um, I am interested in enlightenment. I have been, and I I went online and I took a class um, on the age of enlightenment to modernity and studied all these philosophers and writers.
1: Which is great that you do that. <laughs> I'm, just so, I'm always so impressed when you're when you're doing these things. You know, it's like a one of my little, one title, and next thing you know, you're off taking a course.
0: Yeah, no, I was like, uh, I, I, I was dying to study Immanuel Kant's, um, you know, uh, answering the question, what is enlightenment? Mm-hmm. And and then on to Michel Foucault, what is enlightenment? And and just all of the other spirituality that I that I'm always um, searching for, like why are we here? The the existential question of why are we here? What are we doing here? What's our purpose? Um, and so it, I, I'm just always deeply wanting to explore that. You also gave me for a birthday present um, the book by Kandinsky. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. The spirituality. I have it here, and yeah. and that was really so informative for me as well and i think that goes back to making art like you said based on what what do our thoughts look like and what about color
1: Mm -hmm. yeah colors and how do colors relate to one another and you know that book talks a lot about music and how tones of music relate to one another and they can be disharmonious or or, uh, uh, it's not the right word but um there's certain families of notes that work together and other ones that don't. Mm-hmm. And, but they can still, and so painting and art and colors work in a similar way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a visual version of, of music. And by the way, I <clears throat> oftentimes can hear my paintings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Synergy, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. And I, I assumed everybody had that. Um, I was not aware of it because I've always had that. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what notes on a piano, my paintings are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I can hear them that much. And then if I'm sitting down playing the piano, I see the colors of the notes. Mm-hmm.
0: What What's really spectacular about your work in this topic and um, the little music composition that I studied in college is that you know during these times um, in the during the Age of Enlightenment, the seventeen and eighteen hundreds. Certain music was not allowed. Notes were not certain mm-hmm. notes were not they were forbidden um, to be played. And so back to your your series, Superior, um, you've explored the color. When you say there's a sense of tone or particular notes, um, because this is about information. This is you. I mean, you started this series and um the end of 2016 2017 and i mean we were all struggling at that time with politics i mm. think it's fair to say and um you, you it was just like your way of saying again don't trust everything you hear right but back to the sound what what kind of sound permeates those paintings
1: Oh, I think it is a key of F and G. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and it, and it goes into fifths and mm-hmm. sevenths and so on and so forth. But yeah. And I was um, listening to a lot of Eric Satie mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. those paintings. And in my mind, Eric Satie, <clears throat> the music is about creating space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you think, I'm gonna digress for a moment. If you think of uh, Mozart or Beethoven, that music was about filling in space because imagine how quiet things were then. Yeah. There was no cars, there was no telephones, there was no TVs, mm-hmm. um, so it was very quiet. So you need music to fill in that space, right? Yeah. Fill in your mind. Yeah. And the beginning of the 20th century, um, now we have, a lot of things happening. We have cities and we have lots of movement and we have uh, electricity, so on and so forth. And I think that it was probably quite difficult for a lot of people to adjust. Mm -hmm. And also at the beginning of the 20th century, I think in the United States, 90% of the population were somehow employed by farming. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: By 1920, I think it Mm was, Mm -hmm. um, 10%.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there was an 80% percent uh, of 80% of the of the population in this country migrated into the cities
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the cities became where the place where things were being fabricated. okay right and and the automobile industry started up and, and all that kind of stuff. So music and art reflected all of that. And <clears throat> again it was supposed to be this utopian, Thing where now we have machines that can do the labor for us. So that's going to free up mankind to do more enjoyable things and be more contemplative. Well, it didn't free us up. Mm-hmm. If anything, it enslaved us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then the information age, again, was supposed to free us up. right? Because now we, at, at the palm of our hands, we have all the information of the world. And I tell you, when I first saw the World Wide Web, I thought to myself, This is a portal into a fourth dimension. Mm -hmm. And the fourth dimension is our subconscious mind. And so that when you go onto your computer or you go onto your phone, you are looking into a portal Mm -hmm. that is another dimension. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's right in your hand. Yeah. But within that dimension is every conceivable thought that every human's ever had, basically. Totally true. So, I you know I thought, well, what's that going to do to us? Mm-hmm. How do we handle this? Right. Is that going to be too much information? Are our brains capable of handling all this information? Mm-hmm. These are questions I started having because, and I watch now, especially the youth, they can't put their phones down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is an addiction, right? This information is an addiction. So then. If it's so addictive, they become vulnerable, and through that vulnerability comes disinformation, mm-hmm. which it can be used to to give the wrong information to people to make them believe something that's not real, mm-hmm. and unless they question it, they're in big trouble. Yeah, you know, and and um, this insurrection that we had last week or two weeks ago, I think that is a direct offshoot of um, not being able to dare to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> so this this great experiment called democracy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now these people who did this insurrection did not feel like they were doing something wrong. They felt that they were the true patriots. Yeah. Saving this country. Mm-hmm. So we have th- this crazy moment of reckoning here right now. hmm and it's not just in this country; it's in the world. And I think that again, it is due to the disinformation,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: lack of real information, um, and then you have everybody having a say
0: mm-hmm.
1: in social media
0: mm-hmm.
1: that has been unedited.
0: Yeah, completely.
1: You know, and so it's too much.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. So I'm just having this vision of being. You know, in a major museum and going from one gallery to the next and seeing all of the sort of um, war paintings or paintings about history that we know, you know, mm-hmm. um, realist paintings that are sending a message. They, they are giving us a clue. Mm-hmm. And then I walk into, you know, the postmodernist gallery, post, mm-hmm. postmodernist gallery, and I see your work. And I look at it, and it's affecting me the same way. Cerebral. There's, there's a sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I go and I, I poke my head in. What is the title of this work? Who did it? I see Superior number 15. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask myself, what is this artist saying? And of course, I go straight to my phone. I look it up dare to know and it's really 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 interesting.
1: Well good. Thank you. And and provocative and, and thought uh, provocative as in thought provoking. Right? Yeah. Um because <clears throat> since I have got you standing in front of the painting, I really want you to ask that question to yourself. Mhm. Mhm.
0: But but you've taken art, you know, into the what I what I really really love about your work is that you've you've created A visual language of your own that encompasses history, um, ancient cultures, uh, script, um, science, science. And so there I am, you know, again, it's no different than the other paintings that I'm going to see at, um, you know, other museums in Europe from Mm -hmm. the 19th, 17th century. It's just a different language. Mm -hmm. And
1: yeah, and, and but also the the painterly language that those artists use in terms, and by that I mean the way that they applied the paint mm-hmm. is its own form of language, and that's something I studied mm-hmm. very closely mm-hmm. to see, you know, for instance, um, what colors do and how they're applied, and why can't I make an abstract painting using the techniques of Rembrandt?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why can't I? combine um, uh, the the ideas behind string theory
0: mm-hmm.
1: and E equals MC square, mm-hmm. Einstein's theory, with um, abstract painting mm-hmm. that I depict as a real moment in time, and space, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, I mean, our thoughts are what, ma- our thoughts are energy, and our thoughts are what manifests our reality. Um, and again, <clears throat> dare to know because be careful. Your thoughts are manifesting your mm-hmm. reality. So mm-hmm. if your thoughts are not true, mm-hmm. if they're not correct, if they're misinformed, mm-hmm. where is that going to lead you?
0: Oh, I think I think every moment we're at a crossroads between we're we're kind of you know a yield in the road of crossroads of going this way or that way, mm-hmm. um, just based on uh, our own environment. Um, the, the age, the,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, the information age, and our own oppression mm-hmm. of, of what we think our reality is and what it can be. Right. And it's a, um, I think some people can be really trapped in their own oh, bodies.
1: For sure. And, uh, you know, and then with this pandemic that's been going on these external activities that we've created to keep our minds occupied Mm -hmm. have been taken away. So now we're left to, you know, stare into the mirror, into the abyss, Mm -hmm. and um, ask ourselves, well, what really makes me happy? Mm -hmm. What really matters? Mm -hmm. Is it money? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Is it that, you know, hamburger for McDonald's?
0: Uh
1: (laughs) Uh, Is it... um, You know, going to church? Is it going for a walk? Is it having great conversations with friends over dinner? Yeah. What really makes us happy? Because it's all been taken away. Right. Uh, Again, we have a moment of truth right now. Mm -hmm. So dare to know what that moment is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. My
1: pleasure. And We can talk more about uh, Kandinsky and his theories. That's a whole other... Of wax too. Okay. All right.
0: I look forward to it.
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining me today. Such my, a pleasure.
1: It's always my pleasure. Thank you.